Aloha Mission Church, and I'm going to add one more thing, Mele Kalikimaka. <laughs> so good to be with you on this, uh, this first Sunday of Advent. When you guys entered the church, did you notice the big, huge, beautiful sign that adorns the top of the entryway of the church? It says, Oh, come let us adore him. Hasn't the people who have decorated for our church done a great job? This place is beautiful. I would like to ask you to join me in thanking them. Oh, where I pastored in Hawaii, we met in um, the cafeteria of a public school for 20 years. It wasn't our own to decorate, and so the place always looked a little lacking, except for what the school decided to put up, and it wasn't always done with such care and beauty, and, and we did what we could, but man, it is so beautiful, so nice to come and see how beautiful God's house is, so this is great. As you've heard today, today is the first Sunday of Advent, and in the church, we celebrate Advent every year. But one of the things that, that I'm keenly aware of, because this is my story, is that I didn't grow up in the church. And so, because I didn't grow up in the church, I never quite understood growing, you know, what Advent was. I would hear people say the words, you know, this is the season of Advent. And I always just thought Advent was Christmas. And the two were interchangeable. And I, and I, and I didn't grasp what Advent was or what it was about or anything like that. I grew up in, a, in an immigrant family. My, my parents migrated from Hong Kong to Hawaii, and I was born there, and, and we grew up in the Chinese community. And so we celebrated a lot of the Chinese celebrations, and then my family adopted the uh, American ones, and so we celebrated Christmas. But growing up in the family that I was in, not going to church uh, in, in uh, 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 an immigrant family. Christmas was not about Jesus at all. It had nothing to do with Jesus. Christmas was about what most people that aren't a part of the church do to celebrate it. For me as a kid growing up, it was about presents, right? Oh, I can't wait for the presents. It was about Christmas break from school. Teachers, Amen. Amen. <laughs> and all the students, if you guys are left, you know, amen. <laughs> Christmas break, yeah. And it was about the family parties, about decorating the tree. It was um, the traffic and the shopping and, and all the things that, that come along with Christmas. But for me growing up, Christmas had nothing to do with Jesus. And... Uh, and, I, and because of that, I didn't know anything about Advent until I started going to church. And there in church, they began to, to talk about this season of Advent. And, and, and they would like, light, light the Advent candle. And then they would hand you an Advent devotional. And I was like, what is this all about? What is this for? And so today, if you're like me growing up outside of the church, hearing all about Advent and the, the things that we do in the church, and you're not quite sure what is it all about, I'm going to just take the first part of my sermon to, to help you come along and join us so that when you get that Advent devotional, 
you understand what it's for. And, and so when we light the candles here at Advent, you get the understanding of it. Advent, the word Advent, simply means the coming or arrival. And in the church, we specifically look at the celebration of the arrival of Jesus coming into the world. You've probably heard that several times today. Advent is a a very symbolic time. All of these things have deep symbols connected to it. And all of those things take us back to remind us for the reason why we celebrate Christmas. Advent is the four weeks before Christmas. So this is the first Sunday of Advent leading up to our Christmas Day. And the four candles that we have here represent the four different themes of Advent. The theme today, as you've heard many times in that beautiful song that we just sang, Hope. Hope has a name, Emmanuel. I love that. It's the first time I've heard it. Beautiful. Thank you, worship team. So this is the candle of hope. And one of joy, and one of peace, and one of love. And in the center, the white candle there is the Christ candle we light on Christmas Day. And these are symbolic, lighting the way that Jesus is the light of the world. And there's so many symbols of it. And oftentimes you will see an Advent wreath. And that wreath is made of evergreens. And that wreath is is in, in a circle. And all of those things are symbolic of the eternal life that we get when we follow Jesus. And so, Advent is a time when we stand in a place and look back at the coming of Jesus into the world. But I want you to know that Advent is also a time that we look forward. We look forward to the return of Jesus back to this world to bring us home with him. And so, it's a time of looking back and looking forward. And when we look back, we see... Jesus, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, born in a manger, he was the long-awaited Messiah. And in the Old Testament, there are hundreds and hundreds of prophecies that talk about the coming Messiah. I, I looked, at, looked it up and, and there were over 400 of these prophecies that were made about the coming Messiah. And when the Messiah came, when the first Advent came, when Jesus was born into the world, who came to celebrate this long-awaited Messiah that all of the world was waiting for, the Jews? Who came? You know the story. The shepherds came on that first night. They came and worshipped and adored the newborn baby. Just the shepherds on the hillside. And why did they come? Because they were told. The angels appeared to the shepherds. And they said, go to Jerusalem. Or go to Bethlehem. Because there, there's a baby that was born. And, and they, they came. And you say, Pastor, what about, what about the wise men, the magi? Oh, they came a little bit after. And they came because they studied history and, and, and learned that there's going to be a star and followed the star and found Jesus. And so you have the shepherds And you have the Magi that came to kind of the first Advent. 
Not, I say kind of because the Magi came a little bit later. But the shepherds and the Magi came to that. Where were all of the people that, that were following the Old Testament prophets that should have known that, that the Messiah was going to be born? They were waiting and waiting and waiting for the long-awaited Messiah. And when the Messiah came, they were, they were nowhere to be found. Isn't it amazing? That story? And, and this is the reason why in the church we celebrate Advent. For one thing, we celebrate Advent because we don't want to miss Jesus in Christmas. You will agree with me that this is the busiest time of the year. And because it is so busy, we go about living our lives kind of like the Jews were living their normal, ordinary, busy life when Jesus came into the world and completely missed the first advent. When we go about our busy lives as Christmas rolls in and rolls out, I, I pray and I hope that Christmas isn't like when I was a kid for you. To celebrate all the different things that Christmas brings, the, the sharing of gifts and the opening of them and the decorating of the house and the tree and, and then the parties that you go to and, and doing all those things without recognizing why we do it. Picking up that Advent devotional and reading it every night or every morning, reminding yourself that this season is about Jesus. And all of the decorations you put, put up point back to Jesus. And that tree points back to Jesus. And the gifts that we share remind us that Jesus is the greatest gift to us ever. And it points back to Jesus. May this Christmas not be a Christmas where Christ is not at the center of it for you. So we celebrate Advent to make sure that Jesus is in the center of Christmas. We also celebrate Advent, because if the Jews who missed the long-awaited Messiah <laughs> completely missed it, we sincerely believe that Advent is all about Jesus' coming again. And may it not be that the church, as we wait for the second coming, completely miss it. Because we're just doing our thing, living, trying to live life without Jesus in the center. So Advent is a reminder for us to look back and celebrate the coming of Jesus. But it's also a looking forward to tell us, don't forget, Jesus is coming again at a second Advent. We call it His second coming, the second Advent. And so we celebrate Advent to remind us and prepare us for all of this, so we don't miss Jesus. So this segues me into the sermon today, where my sermon title is called Advent Hope, because this is the Sunday of hope for us. And embedded in the message of Advent is the assurance that Jesus will return. Pastor Bob, as he was sharing communion with us, he said, dare I say, that there is assurance in Jesus. And there is, church. This is the hope that we have. We, we believe that Jesus is coming again. We call it his second coming or the second advent. 
And Jesus told us that he was coming again. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to John chapter 14. Or if you'd like to read it up on the screen, I think they're going to we're going to put the, the verses back up on the screen again. Since we're done with the incon, inconvenient sermons, we're going to make things convenient again for you. So hear the word of the Lord in John chapter 14. Jesus said this, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms, and if it were not so, I'd have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, listen right here, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. Jesus says, I'm returning. One day, I am returning. And then he goes on to say, you know the way to the place where I am going? And Thomas said to him, Lord, We don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And here are the beautiful words of Jesus that I love so much. Jesus answered, I am the way, and I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the word of our Lord. This passage of Scripture that I have just read for you It's dripping with hope. It's full, full of great hope. But church, it's not the kind of hope that most people understand hope to be. There's a different message of hope where in the Bible, it's different from what the way the world sees hope. If you open up the dictionary and you look up the word hope, There's going to be this definition here. To cherish with a desire to anticipate, to want something for it to happen or to be true. That's the definition that the world gives us of what hope is. And you go, yeah, that's what I think hope is. In this definition, though, there is a hint of doubt in in what you're reading as to what the definition of the word hope is. A cherished desire with an anticipation of, of will this happen. And this doubt in the word hope is found in questions like, and I'll throw out some questions for you. At the start of the baseball season, you ask your you ask the question, do you think the Padres will make it to the playoffs? And the answer is, no. No. (laughs) That's not not hopeful. Unless you're a Dodgers fan. The answer is, well, I I hope so, right? At the start of the the baseball season, I hope. I I sure hope so. I know that there's our students, this is our student section, you guys are in school right now and, and, and you're coming up on some final exams or mi- final exams, right? Because you guys are coming to the end of the semester. After you take the final exam, there's that question. Hey, do you think you passed the exam? And the answer is... <laughs> I, 
I hope so. That's, that's always been my answer. I was never as assured as, as, um, as some students here um, that are great students, I'm sure. But for me, it was, I hope so. I, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, people who are looking for jobs, when you go to an interview, hey, did you get the job? I hope so, right? There's always that, that, that little bit of doubt in it. Even in Christmas, right? If you ask me the question, hey, Gordon, is Rochelle going to buy you that new fishing boat that you've always wanted? <laughs> My answer is, I hope so. But can I tell you, church, that kind of hope is filled with doubt. <laughs> Great doubt in that last one, especially. I don't think it's going to happen, but I sure hope so. This is not the definition that we have of hope in the Bible. In the Bible, the word hope comes with a completely different definition. In the Old Testament, one of the words used for hope is this Hebrew word, betach. Everybody say, betach. Yeah, that word doesn't have any doubt in it at all. In fact, that word speaks of confidence and assurance and, and being secure. Doubt is not a part of the word hope, betach. In Psalm 16:9, we find uh, this passage. I'm going to take it from an older version of how people would read the Bible in the King James Version. And here the word of the Lord here is, as David writes this, he says, Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoices. My flesh will rest in hope. My flesh will rest in betach. How do you rest in hope? If you've taken an exam and you're not sure if you've passed it, or if you went for a job interview and you're not sure you're going to get it. Or if you're longing for that fishing boat. It's not going to happen, right? You rest in hope when you know and you know and you know without a shadow of a doubt that what you've just done or what you're waiting for is going to happen. It's a hope of assurance. And that is the word batak. That's how you can rest in it. There's no other way to rest in and hope, Trevor, right? When you take an exam, Trevor, you know that you aced it. You can rest in that. There's assurance in it. He said, amen. <laughs> I don't understand that amen from your perspective as a student, but I'm sure you do. And, and, and that's the beauty of the biblical hope, the batak. And so, as the New Testament, as as, as uh, Bible scholars, translators, write in the NIV. So from the King James to the NIV, the NIV writes these words. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also rest secure. Rest in hope. Resting securely. That's the definition of biblical hope. And this is the hope we have in Advent. A hope that Jesus brings. It has no uncertainty in it. No doubt 
about it. In Jesus, hope doesn't come with fingers crossed. Even as we live in a world that is as broken as it is, in a world with challenges and problems galore, you're facing it, so am I. Hope in Jesus elevates us above that. The kind of hope that we celebrate in Jesus is about His presence at work in us. It's about His presence at work in the situations of our lives and in our families. It's the promise that Emmanuel is who He is, who He says He is, that God is with us. That Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, the verse that we read a little bit earlier, that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And we know that if God is with us, that makes all the difference in the world. When Jesus comes, we have hope. And it's, it kind of looks like this. I kind of was thinking about how do you explain that? When Jesus comes, it makes all the difference in the world. Because in this world, there's lots of problems that we face. And we try to face some of these problems alone and and do it, fix it ourselves. And far too often, when we try to fix it ourselves, it doesn't work. But when the right person shows up, the hope of fixing the problem becomes a secure feeling of assurance that the problem will get done. I'll give you some examples. At my house, sometimes the drain gets clogged up. And when the drain gets clogged up, I try to fix it. I get drain out, look, 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 and I'm waiting, but the, the water is still there. So I take step two, I get the plunger. And uh, the stuff that comes out is terrible. But <laughs> the, the problem is still there. So I know what to do, right? I get the snake and I send the snake down and it goes all the way down, but it can't reach where the plug is. What do you do? Well, you call somebody that can fix it for you. So get on the phone, call the plumber. And you know what the plumber does? They come and when they come, guess what? My hope for it being done is assured. It's assured. I know it's going to get fixed, right? My, all of the hope that I had in trying to do it failed. But when the plumber comes, it's like that when you start in your car. You get in your car, it won't turn over. What do you do? Pop the hood, look inside, check the terminals. Right, guys? Ladies, you guys do it too? If there's a lot of acid on it, baking soda, water, pour it on there, clean it up. Make sure the term, clean the terminal, make sure it's secure. It won't start. What's next, guys, ladies? Check the oil. <laughs> no, no, no. Get a hammer. Get a hammer and tap the starter. But if you don't know where the starter is, then just do this. 
because you'll get it somewhere. And it hits the solenoid, cleans it up, start it. But if it still doesn't work, who do you call? It's not Ghostbusters. You call Steve Horrocks. No. <laughs> you call a mechanic, right? You call a mechanic. And when the mechanic comes, what I cannot do, the mechanic can do. And the hope that I have of my car working is assured now because the right person is there. And the same thing with your computer. Try to print. You can't print. What do you do? Get a hammer. No, don't get the hammer. You call Geek Squad, right? My first call is Steve Horrocks. Steve, help me. <laughs> and um, and when life becomes tough, and all of the challenges of this world are swirling around me, and it gets harder and harder to keep focused on Jesus because my gaze has turned lower, to see the different challenges that face me every single day, the struggles that I have and that you have. And we get overwhelmed by the things of life. When I'm barely hanging on and i got to tie a knot at the end of my rope, and I'm struggling to find my way. Advent hope tells me that Jesus is the way. And he is the truth. And he is the life. And Jesus helps, for, helps me to restore and reconcile me back into a right relationship with God. Because I sincerely believe that when we are walking in this life, and our relationship with God is in the right place. It gives great perspective to the problems that swirl around me. It helps me to understand that Jesus didn't come back to this world so that my car can start and my computer can do what it's supposed to do and my drain gets cleared. Jesus came back so that my relationship with God is right and when the second advent comes, I'll be ready to meet Jesus and be with him. That makes all of the problems that I find in this world kind of come in line with understanding that we have to make sure that we take care of the first thing. So good news is Jesus came to bring this amazing assurance of hope for all of us to have. And I have even better news for you. He's coming back again. He's coming back again. Advent makes us look ahead to Jesus' return. Now there's one more thing about Advent that I need to share with you because it's so important. And that is that in Advent it requires us to wait. Because Advent is about the coming and the arrival. But what happens when the coming doesn't come right away? Church, is it not true that we're horrible at waiting as people. We, we, we don't do waiting too well because 
We live in a world of instant gratification, right? Boom. Get it done, and it's done. And so I thought it would be fun to kind of do a little ex- uh, uh, exercise of, of what waiting looks like. Long gone are the days when we wrote letters. <laughs> if you're my age, because I grew up in a time when there was no computers and no smartphone, and the way we communicated with people, our friends that didn't live nearby, was we, we took an envelope. Kids, these are, what, these are called envelopes. And you would write an address and pop a stamp on there. I'm just kidding. I know what you, you know that. But we'd open it up and we'd write a letter to somebody we cared about and we'd put it in and then take it to them. And we'd drop it in the mail. And you know what you'd have to do after that? You'd wait. For how long sometimes? A week? Maybe two weeks? Today, when we want to communicate with somebody... We, we pull out one of these things, right? So let me ask you a question. How long will you wait for a text to respond to you? How, how long before you get, come on, a minute? A minute's a long time. Five minutes? <laughs> Twenty minutes? How long do you wait? This is two weeks minimum, Right? And we, we, we used to learn how to wait. Now, I wrote a text here before I came up, and I'm going to send it to three people. Boom. You know, uh, these are the people that are always on their phones when I'm preaching. <laughs> Let's see if they respond to me. I'm going to turn this on so that we can hear, we can hear the, the text message come in. Oh, that's going to be funny when it does come. In this time of waiting, because church, we are waiting. We're waiting for Jesus' return. There it is. (laughs) In this time, I better turn it off because it's going to keep going. I'll, I'll answer that after the service. In this time of waiting for Jesus' second advent, right? Instead of waiting with doubt. Because that's what the old hope was about. The hint of doubt. When are you coming, Jesus? How are you going to come? Will I be included? Those are huge doubt questions. Can I make a suggestion that we don't look anymore at hope with doubt and instead have assurance in our waiting, an assurance that my relationship has been reconciled with God so that the relationship that I have with Him sets me in the right place. And when that's secure, when that is done, the struggles in this world are real. I know that. But I have the assurance that God is with me. That Emmanuel, God with us, is here with me. And I can wait 
knowing that. I can wait without any doubt that my name is written in the book of life. Because that gives me assurance. That's, that's making sure that my relationship is right with God. And if we wait with assurance that we know that we are saved by God's grace, it makes the waiting worth it. So let me ask you this question. What's your hope in? Because we place hope in all kinds of different things, right? Is your... Every Sunday I drive by and I come down Adobe Falls and there's that big billboard with all how much you can win for the lottery. Some people put their hope in one day winning that. Every week they're there giving their tithe (laughs) (laughs) to that. Some people hope, place their hope in, in, in their retirement fund. Some people place their hope in the career that they're in or the bank account. All of that is temporal. It doesn't last. The only thing that lasts are things that are eternal. And this is why our hope needs to be in Jesus. It reminds me of that beautiful song that we sang years ago. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness I dare not the sweetest frame but wholly lean sing it out in Christ the solid rock I stand all other ground is sinking sand Do you believe that? That's where hope is found. John 3.16 says it so beautifully. For God so loved the world that he gave us his one and only son. And whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. The hope of Jesus brings us eternal life with him. Whoever believes. And this hope now, is beautifully, beautifully personalized by the Apostle Paul when he writes these words in Philippians. This is my, the closing of my sermon here. Paul is in prison. He's facing possible death. Or he could be freed. He doesn't know yet. Right? But he's in prison waiting to hear the judgment. And this is what he writes to the church in Philippi. I eagerly expect and hope one in the same. See that? Not if. I eagerly expect and hope. By the way, that hope, that word hope there in Greek is um, elpis. Elpis. An expectation of good an anticipation of pleasure. That's what it means. It is talking about the confident expectation of eternal life, El peace. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, 
but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. And this is what he writes at the end. Oh, may this be my testimony and yours for me to live as Christ and to die as gain. Either way, I'm with Jesus. <laughs> I hope with assurance that you know Jesus and your hope is built on nothing less. Will you bow your heads and join me in prayer? Father in heaven, today, on this first Sunday of Advent, this first Sunday as we look back and we look forward, we are given hope. Not as the world gives, but as you give it. With full assurance that when we are made right in our relationship with you, our hope is secure. Our hope is full of assurance. And so today, dear God, let us not place our hope in anything or anyone but you. May the secure, faithful message of Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the Savior, and as our Lord reign and hold true in our lives. Because you are Emmanuel, God with us. When you show up, everything is made well because of our relationship with you. And in the midst of the challenges and the struggles that we face in this world, and there are many, Jesus, help us to keep our eyes on you because that is where our hope will be made secure. We can't control what other people do in this world, but we can keep our eyes on you. And Father in heaven, today, you know the hearts of the people in the church. There are those that doubt. Would you mercy flood our lives with forgiveness and grace? If today you don't know Jesus as your Savior and Lord, today he can be your Messiah, the one who saves. Pray this prayer and join me. Father in heaven, I, I open my heart to you today because I want, I want my hope to be secure in you. I want my hope to be built on nothing less than Jesus and his righteousness. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. And redeem me, Lord God, from the life I live. Reconcile me back into a right relationship with you. And, and I believe in the words of Jesus when he says that if I place my faith in you, that eternal life will be mine. That's assurance. Oh. May no one leave this sanctuary today without knowing that you know that you know that your hope in Jesus is secure. Thank you, Lord, for this day. We sure do love you. 
And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.